everybody once again welcome to the professional goblins podcast i am scott gladstein and with me as always is the wonderful mike myler and pepper and pepper oh no oh my god he grew adorable and uh join us tonight i think uh savannah you count as a guest now because you're you're kind of sitting in the back seat i think no i shouldn't count Uh, okay fine I guess we'll restore your wonderful host status. <laughs> Savannah is with us again tonight uh, after some absence. So welcome, Savannah. Welcome back. Um, Hello. So we, we're Sansa guests tonight, but we are all here. And other than Christina, who will be joining us, maybe? I don't think so. But anyway, welcome. Hey, we're back. Wonderful. Um, we Lots of stuff have happened. So we were like, we need to talk about it. And we need to talk to you about it. Get ready, people. It's going to be real. Anyway. So, um, if you guys haven't joined us before, the show is a semi-scheduled, or semi, what do you call it, scheduled? Semi-formatted. Semi-formatted. Yeah. Uh, we have different topics we talk about. Each of our hosts will chime in. And um, I think in the end, we should do a roulette and, like, see who gets to talk about a topic they want. What do you think, Mike? Um, okay. <laughs> or whatever we want to do with that. Normally, it's dedicated to our guest. So, uh, Mike, our first section, because we don't have a uh, we don't have a letter here. So let's go ahead and do the favorite game, uh, favorite character or game story that you know you're in. Sure, sure. I have, I have a recent one that uh, was pretty big. So uh, I've been playing Mr. Vakuma games now for like three or four years. You said Mr. Vakuma? Yeah, Mr. Vakuma. It's cool. Eastern fantasy, noir, steampunk. It's it's great. The Smiths come in, they strip people of their dignity and change them into these like fast zombies called uh, Demolonians. Wonderful. So gonna help write the book. Um, and in all this time, nobody's really quite quite done a proper job of, of embracing like the um, this thing called Haitoku, which is like how your dignity gets stripped away. And Jillian, who has never played DD before, has decided to play like a robot character, Steamatic. She's been playing since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody else in the party has switched around characters. She's been like playing Jillbot this whole time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's gone from like being this like, you know, kind of a weirdly trying to bang everybody, but also steal from them robot who. I think you mentioned her before. Right, with the yeah. snow leopards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, this is that character. And she has devolved from the snow leopards to like straight up at one point uh, just like shooting this bystander kid in the face. Uh, right like there's that escalated quickly no it was over the course of many months in games it was it was a good transformation okay that's pretty impressive yeah so um i had uh and and in in the book we have the seed like nobody's sure what happens to uh steve uh because none of them ever been changed by the myths they don't know if they become tsukumogami like uh, inanimate objects do or if they become like zombies, like you know, mortal creatures do. Um, and now I, I know exactly what happens because it happened to Jillbot. They they become these like terrible Cronenberg-esque like tentacled monster creatures, uh, which she did not know about, and the rest of the party didn't know about until like halfway through the last session we played when they were on a ship. And I was like, all right, so what's your Hitoku now? And she's like twenty six, and I was like, exactly, it's twenty six. Okay, so here's what's happening. Do you want to? try to kill the party or play this character that's on the boat and, and help save the party. And she's like, oh, I want to kill the party. And I was like, awesome. 
So, um, yeah, she, she went to town. She almost did it, too. There were some, like, amazing rolls. Two of them rolled 20s on their death saves. Mm. Yeah, I know. Like, it, 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 it was very nearly a TPK. Uh, so she felt really- already instituted TPK. And exactly. like, I, I just want to say I love the word Cronenberg-esque. That's just, like, my favorite word. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It, it wears its way into my art orders constantly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, so she had a, the full character transformation and was, like, pleased about her character's death, and now she's playing, uh, That's like, rare, that. that's rare. Yeah, when you, so character deaths can be done right if you invest the time and energy, and in this case, like, 60 bucks on an illustration that I'm going to use in a book. And, yep. uh, the build-up was forever. I had the illustration for, like, half a year. Uh, uh, you were waiting for it. I was. I was thinking of canceling games. I was like, no, guys, we need to show up so I can change her into a monster that kills you. But that's my recent gaming story, Steam Adetto. So you remind me of an, an, a near TPK. Savannah, if you don't mind me going next. No, go for it. So uh, if you guys don't know, I run a game called Here There Be Dragons. It's an, in, it's an infrequent uh, changes nights and everything. Uh, it's West March's style, which means people can drop in, jump out. Um, and the idea is that they're explorers in a new co- or a, in a continent that was apparently scourged of all life uh, and surrounded by a great storm, and now they're the first ones to go re-explore it. So one of the growing things that they have been encountering is this, these things are called the Animal Court, which are random giant-sized versions of animals who can talk. Um... And, you know, there's the bear queen, or the bear princess, and the, uh, and, like, I think there's a frog knight or something, but the best part was that one of them start one of the, one of them, I think it was the polar bear king, starts just spouting off random things, talking about, like, the walrus prince, and the lord of, like, penguins, and how they did battle with a giraffe, you know, knight, and they're just like, I don't think you're telling the truth, and like, no, 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 no. Well, anyway... One of them, in a dungeon, encountered the, uh, I think it was a crocodile prince. And she did, and she's a druid, and she did, she helped him out and was cool with him. So, she got blessed as the chosen of the crocodile prince. And she didn't know what that meant. And she just thought it was, oh yeah, he was just kind of like, yeah, give me a thumbs up. No, she's actually bound to the crocodile prince now. Ah. Um, And they're walking along, and I roll up an encounter, and it comes up like... What, I, I can never pronounce the name of them. They're the land crocodiles with the big nose thing. They're like a animal. They're a prehistoric animal. Um, and they're waiting in an ambush. And it's like very clear because they're not like trying to hide. But they're really good at hiding in the water. So they're chilling there like waiting for an ambush. But like we have, since this, they knew this was an exploration game, so a lot of them played rangers. So they're all like right there. I, fa- I found them. I found them. I found them. I'm like, okay, good. They're right there. And they're trying to figure out how to avoid this. And these alligators, because they're descended from alligators, are, um, start making hissing noises. And our, cho- our, our, our wonderful druid, who, is, who, by the way, is named Nunya, because she doesn't want to tell any other players the name of her character's name. So she's Nunya. Good. Um, yes, good. And she's a great role player. I go, she, uh, she and her husband help run a LARP that I go to, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're wonderful. And she, by the way, she sounds like a 13-year-old. She's wonderful. So every time you hear something, she's like, yeah, it's great. And you sound like a little, like, cute 13-year-old. And then she's like, and then I murdered the puppy. And you're like, whoa, Sabrina, chill. Yes, Sabrina, I'm talking about you. Um, <laughs> so she starts talking to these crocodiles. 
and no one can understand what, what she's saying to them, nor what they're saying back to her. Now, they're having a problem with this guy named Nathaniel, who's a prophet who controls a kind of religious compound that's north of their settlement. And they're going to war, basically, and they're, and they're off exploring while the, the war goes on. I know, weird D&D game, but, or Pathfinder game, but... So, they're like... And she goes... Her character isn't bright, so she goes, Oh, yeah, I want you guys... Can you guys just go north if you guys are really hungry? There's a huge human compound up there. And the, play, and the and out of the game, all the players are like, Oh, God, no. No, please, please, no. Because the because they're here, and north is the, is, is Cothram Bay, their colony, and above them is Nathaniel's compound. So if they go north, they're just going to hit, you know, the, 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 the bay, the colony they're from. It's going to kill everyone. It'll be great. And um, the, the party's finally like, what did you say? Would you? And she finally tells them. They're like, no, wait. God damn it. We need to go talk to them before they go murder everything. So they walk up and they're like, try to talk to them. And the crocodiles just look at them like, as much of a, sorry, an alligator, as much as an alligator can do that. And then the ranger has a smart idea. He goes, ha, I have a spell. Communicate with animals. And they're like, all right, so avoid Cothram Bay. It's very bad, not good food. Very well defended. Go kill the other ones. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Now, these guys are not, like, bound to follow this. They're just kind of like animals who are hungry. So the party returns after their big adventure, and they come back, and, like, the town's damaged but still survived. And they're like, oh, what happened? They're like, well, we had some retaliation from the ogres. There's another plot that they're going on. But we had this weird, like, assistance because these crocodiles totally came out of nowhere, these giant fucking alligators, and this ate and ate, like, two of the ogres. And they're like... Nice. And they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they would have eaten us, except the ogres were a better target. And they're like, yes, that is definitely true. Do not trust the alligators anymore. So the, dru <laughs> the druid's just like, damn it, I mean, yes, good job, guys! <laughs> See, guys, I told you it worked! So, um, her, her maniacal plan to get the, the colony murdered by, through in-game ignorance, was, uh, quite successful in actually saving the colony. Um, she role-played it great, and this was like, no, no, don't worry, guys, it's great. And the players out of game knew it, but in-game could do nothing about it. It was beautiful. So, yeah. I appreciate that. Letting, it, letting players create the, their own plot, great tip. Go do that. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely the best option. Oh, yeah. I mean, half the plot in this setting ends up being rolled on rent or this game ends up being roll randomly on this table this plot happens okay cool and then the players just go off and do their own damn thing uh we have a group of three players who show up regularly who are the trouble squad even though only one of them is actually troublesome just when they get together weird shit happens we roll like <laughs> 99s and ones on and, and you know double zeros on the encounter charts and like redacted happens we don't talk about redacted that's redacted yeah, no. So Sabrina, don't talk about redacted. Oh no, we never talk about redacted. But it, it, it almost destroyed the town, and it was very expensive. So, that Sab sounds about right. So Sabrina, what what tale? Or Sabrina, oh my God, Savannah. Hi. <laughs> that, that, was, that was my druid friend's name, or Nunya. Um, so that's my new alter ego for when I go to Vegas. Now is Sabrina Sabrina Nunya? Yes. Yes, I like it. <laughs> Sabrina Nunya. All right. So Savannah, who is not Sabrina Nunya at the moment, unless you're in Vegas, what do you got? I am not. I am not. Uh, so, um, let's see. I think so. One of the campaigns I'm in, it's a cipher campaign, 
and it's nearing the climax because for anyone who hasn't played Cypher, there's six tiers and we're all basically tier six. Uh-oh. So, you know, you, you at a certain point, you got to stop. Um, but I am pleased because one of my characters uh, is like, her happy ending is clearly right there. And it's not the sort of game that would, like, snatch that cruelly away from her. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, you don't end campaigns a lot. Yeah. And it's like, so throughout the course, she's gone from being, like, unhealthily dutiful to her family who are all bodyguards and stuff. Uh, who don't care about her because she's a tiefling and she's expendable. Obviously. So she's gone from being unhealthily loyal to them to, like, making friends with the rest of the party and having drinking buddies. And now she has a girlfriend, and they just bought a house together. And so now stuff like Cole's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on this adventure. And it's not, like, for glory or for a job. It's like, no, Maggie wants to put in a new breakfast nook, so I want to bring in a little extra cash. Hmm. And it's just, I don't know, it's adorable. Like, you know, games start with, with like, Cole in her her tank top and her cargo shorts and her flip-flops with the can opener or with the bottle opener on the bottom. You know, having a beer on the front porch, and it's like, oh, my baby. They're happy. Prospect adventuring. Yeah, I like it. You you know that means you you accept jobs that are only way below your CR. Uh, Yes, no, absolutely. All right. That's not what this recent one was, but you know, everyone came back in one piece mostly. So most pieces are important. Yes. And did you say they had a bottle opener on their flip flop? Yes. That's awesome. There is. I I've seen it in real life. Yep, There's yep. definitely a Corona brand flip flop <laughs> with a bottle opener. When you're dedicated. And it's to ridiculous. Drinking. Yes. My this character is not so secretly a frat boy. <laughs> like she literally closed a rift to the plane of despair we decided we had to do humor to close the portal to the plane of despair and she literally closed the portal by doing a stand-up act of dick jokes oh. <laughs> oh, yep. that's beautiful. she she rolled a 27 on that dick joke set thank you <laughs> okay so uh I think it's time for the second section. It's the uh, favorite project that you're working on that is yours, I think. Who, who wants to take it away, guys? Because uh, I'll go last. I'm not kissers. Uh... Mike, you want to go first? Well, yeah, I forgot that was a not kickstarters one. Uh, I'm trying to decide anything that's not kickstarters. All right, well, Mike's thinking about that. Savannah, what do you got? Uh, so I am currently, it's been going a bit slow because I picked up a day job here recently. Uh, but I'm doing development for the last of the fairy ring stuff. So it'll be good to get that out the door. And who's that with? Uh, that is with, uh, Broken Eye Books. Well, Broken Eye Press? I forget. They have two branches. The people who do Broken Eye Books. People with broken eyes. Got it. Yes, it's the best. Hmm. Mike, are you good to go? Uh, yeah. The, um, the only thing that's like really popping right now for me that is not Kickstarter related is uh, or at least, you know, fits in this category. Uh, the Brantia print bundle. So if you ever want to get the Brantia books, uh, you can get all like 1,000 some pages for $106 plus shipping. Wow. And that's hard copy? Is that like hardcover? 
uh, two hardcovers and I think like eight softcovers. Oh wow! So it's like a big bundle. Yes, yes, it's a giant bundle. That's awesome, wow. though. Is, is that drive-through? It is drive-through. Yeah. Uh, more than fifty percent off. Uh, worked it out to be like as cheap as sixty-six percent off. So it's like a third the price. Um, now, as a side note, I was playing with card stuff from them. Uh huh. Um, and their cards are nice, dude. I don't know if you guys can see that, but like the quality and fidelity on these cards are really nice. I made them a little too big. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah, uh, I was, I, I just made, I was made a template and I bought a deck. And I was just seeing how it looked and how it came out. And spent eight bucks, figured out how to do all that stuff, and it, and it turned out pretty cool. I'm about to resize them one night when I'm bored and. Yeah, I did. Release that one. Deck for. Um... Uh, you know, we'll do a Kickstarter Steve, and then I'll talk about it. But yeah, this is a bunch of tarot cards. So, hand size. Mike, you're, you're kind of choppy a little bit right now. Sorry. But yeah, the tarot cards are nice, and the quality is surprisingly good. Yeah, I mean, I, I you, you normally see a bunch of, like, diminishing returns on, like, print-on-demand stuff. But I gotta say, I, I have not had a problem with drive through stuff. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, print quality is good, and uh, I'm, I'm pleased with the tarot box. Um, you done? Oh, you got more? Yeah. No, that's it. Um, so I have been working night and day, day and night on Nagwal. I am almost done. We sent out the big Kickstarter. It's a Mesoamerican giant robot. It's original system. Um, it got great reception. Someone's already starting a game. I'm like, oh God, please, please. Oh God, oh God. It's like, it's like my baby I've been working on for years and finally is coming out. It looks really pretty. Um, I have to do a final editing pass on it. Um, members gave me lots of feedback of shit they found because, you know, I'm not perfect. Um, what? False advertising, Scott, here. Here all this time. Yeah, I'm so fucked up, but I don't know how to empathize with you and your imperfection. <laughs> well, the thing is, I have two editors, like, working on the book, and, like, it's a big book, and it's its own system, and there's lots of components, and, like, I can toss them on it 50 more times and it's like tunnel vision. Like the first printing will have errors. I know. And I'm not like super pumped about that, but the cool thing is it's done as a, like a really high quality PDF. Uh, and I have a print friendly version too, but I did all at like 300 DPI. So, and all the arts 300 DPI and shit. So I could do it. I could pop it over and the color pro profiles and stuff are correct. So I could pop it over to a, like a print product relatively easily. Uh, but I got to play with that before I'm happy with it. Um, but yeah, I'm working on that. Um, whenever I do my next, I sit down and force myself through the next like six hour like formatting, review, edit section or thing will probably be the launch book. So it'll probably be this month, end of this month probably. I have a lot of stuff in my schedule. End of this month, start of next month, and we'll still be delivering ahead of our July uh, delivery date, which is cool. So. I can screenshot. We haven't delivered late on anything yet, so I'm pretty excited about that. Another, it'll be our fourth successful Kickstarter delivered. Um, but yeah. Thanks. Um, oh, my, come here, Kirk. Kirk has just, my Corgi's just poked his head through the door like, can I come in? Yeah, buddy. Oh, no. Come here, buddy. It's okay. Yeah, I just did the layout on this book, and I just love this book so much. Hi, buddy. Well, that looks horrifying. Good job, Mike. Well, I didn't do that. I mean, I just found it as one of the artwork pieces, and I was like, "Well, this has to be the, this has to be the cover of this book." Because like, what else would be? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I didn't think that you made it. I just like, good job curating that. And um, yeah, very on brand. Yes. Very uh, Mike. Man, I wish I could buy this image, but I can't. Can you not? No, it's a salt and wounds image. Oh, okay. John Perkins. All right, so um, let's see. The favorite working product that is not yours and you cannot profit from. Oh, God. My dog just slobbered me with his eye boogers. Great. Um, oh, you oh, you did. You touched on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Avatar 8. The Sean Aston thing finally came out. What is that? I'm not uh, familiar with it. thing from Lou Agresta and Ron Barton and Sean Aston. Um, oh, Grimmer Space. Yeah, Grimmer Space. Yeah, Ooh. they had like a bunch of celebrities on that, didn't they? Uh, I think Wesley Snipes dropped out. Yeah, like, I remember they had some big names on it. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then they kind of all dropped, and I was like, you know, I don't want to say I thought that would happen, but it did. (laughs) But you kind of thought that it would happen. I kind of knew it was going to happen. And the thing that kind of pisses me off is that they, like, use quotes about him and shit in their, uh, they used it in their, didn't they have a Kickstarter for it? No. I remember they, I remember in some of their promotional material they had comments about Wesley Snipes and stuff and I was like oh cool I'm yes I what they would do. dropped out Sean Aston's still around I think they will probably do a Kickstarter but right now there's just a free okay. from I believe Legendary Games no Iron GM Games I think the Kickstarter is with Legendary Games oh, there's something for them maybe I'm wrong but yeah Avatar is free though and uh, large what are you looking at on page count do you know pages. What? 90 pages. Jeez. Yeah. That's good. So, a so, uh, technical question. Uh, if it's not a Kickstarter, but it's an Indiegogo, does that go here or in the Kickstarter section? Oh, it'll probably go in the Kickstarter section. Is that what it is, an Indiegogo? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go then. Okay, nice. Uh, I will put that thing here. Um, other than that, like, I'm a terrible person. I've got done sort of like radar since I started my day job because waking up at four in the morning sucks. It does. Um, it does. What do you do? Are you like gotten fishes or something? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, if you've seen the people who are in the grocery store resetting a display but don't work for the grocery store, oh no, you didn't follow that's them, us. did you? Yep. Oh no. What's that? I got. I gotta send you something afterwards, my dear. Okay. I gotta send you something. Um. Let's see. So you got anything you want to you want to you want to pimp out or no? No, I don't really have anything right now. Not that's non. Kickstarter-esque. So I got one, and it comes with a story. Um, so there are these wonderful people who do a uh, Final Fantasy D20 thing. They use a, like, a Pathfinder-based system. And they have a wiki for it. Uh, I forget the URL. It's probably like D20 Final Fantasy wiki or something. Let's see. It's www.finalfantasyd20.com. And they have... I checked out their Discord, and I talked with them for a while. They have like... 20, 50 people working on that wiki. It's extensive. They have a lot of base classes with a bunch of uh, like hundreds of archetypes and all this material for play Final Fantasy stuff. It's definitely fan stuff. It's not um, it's like homebrew, not third party, you know? But So I had an issue with them because it turns out they 
uh, copy pasted a lot of stuff directly from my uh, Battle Chef that got very famous a while back. And someone just literally oh. copy line, like verbatim uh, text from it. And it was, like, they changed the name from Battle Chef to Culinarium, but they had references to weapons that, like, didn't exist because that was in a different section of the book. Oh, whoops. Um, and I'm like, okay, I guess they're setting OGL stuff. I'm a little iffy on that. That's a big that's a big product that I'm not really super psyched. They changed some mechanics, but not, like, we're talking, like, 10%. Not really enough to really qualify for mm. the work. And then they went to the OGL section, and I wasn't even cited. Oh. And I'm like, well. okay, that's a problem. And so I went out and I reached out to them and I didn't get a response. I went to their Discord and I poked around. I was like, hey, you know when the uh, the admin gets on and he got on and I was like, all right, hey man, here's what's going on. I don't like I like I like your product a lot. It's really cool, but you definitely stepped on my toes there. And they said, no problem. And they added me to the OGL, amended a few things like like that. They were great people. I can't speak highly enough of them, but developers be careful i mean i should say home brewers is that the right term be careful like we put a lot of effort into what we put out and we get the ogl and srd stuff but there are, there's a bigger component to it than that i mean like there's 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 citing there's reprinting but reprinting in its entirety is not correct you also have to make sure you look in the uh, product identity declaration of certain products to see what they reserve as product identity. But yeah, that's the one I want to pimp out. They're awesome. If you haven't seen, they have a lot of great content, a lot of great fan designers on there. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a few people who some developers out there would hire. Nice. A lot of conversion work more than like straight up new stuff. But they do have like limit breaks and stuff, which is kind of cool. I've been, I've been converting uh, or doing builds for Final Fantasy Seven characters. Yeah, I saw the Barrett one. That was good. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I'm starting to like work in my head. Like, okay, so how we, how do we do materia? <laughs> I mean, I I guarantee you they have fifty things for it. Like they're yeah. they're extensive. And if they do, if they don't already have materia, if you ask them, they're probably like, oh yeah, here here's a materia system we wrote up. Like they're they're really yeah. good about it. I got it. Um. So let's see, do we want to do uh, Pathfinder News and Speculation? Let's do Pathfinder News and Speculation! Alright then. Um, so let's talk about the uh, the, the, the 5e... Uh, right. Well, let's, let's, so here Lab is going all subscription for Pathfinder 2. Yeah, it is. Um, and I don't think they're transferring over any of your licenses from uh, the, the old thing, because they're setting it as a new product, which is More. kind of upsetting. Yeah, I'm not excited about that, to be honest. Um, I, I like their product. I don't like their business practices. So the way, I think the way they're coding it, at least, should, should function more fairly than the way their PF1 does. So, at least on that end, good. But to abandon all those people who have spent hundreds... Of dollars on their yeah, I'm one of them. Not about hundreds, but I spent more than a hundred. I know some people who spent a lot of money on it. Well, I'll tell you right now, I made my money back because I sold NPC codecs I made with them. Yeah. And did make a lot of money, but I also incorporated NPCs and stuff based on content. I And it, I cite them and everything in the proper way. But 
Um, my, my Corgi gets very jealous when I'm talking to other people on the mic. He thinks I'm ignoring him and talking to other people. Kurt, you're, you're a good boy. You're right there, buddy. Um, but yeah. Um, on Game on Tabletop. Yeah, Game on. So what, tell me about that. Game on Tabletop is like a European Kickstarter. Yep. They're actually really nice people. I've met and talked with them several times. They take a smaller cut than Kickstarter does, and they also offer a bunch of extra services. So it's sort of like Kickstarter plus backer kit at the same time. Okay, I like that. Next. Oh, it's great. It's great. They did uh, the Torg uh, crowdfunding recently. All that has been done through Game on Tabletop. Um, there's some other major property I can't remember what it was. But that was also done through. Conan, maybe? Something. Something. So, yeah, they're doing a re release of Kingmaker for um, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. They're also releasing a Beast Theory that I guess Legendary Games is converting to 5th Edition using all the Kingmaker NPCs and monsters. So, Paizo will be publishing. Um, 5e content. Uh, content yeah. yeah. And working with a third party. Yeah, so uh, we're going to do a le- real quick trip down Paizo's crowdfunding memory lane. Uh, their didn't, first... Wait, real, real quick. Didn't uh, Jessica bring this up? She did. Jessica yeah. probably brought this up on Twitter, and there's a long, long Twitter thread that you... Just, just we got the credit right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. It's, 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 it's good. So, um, starts off, they, they get... Uh, they run a Kickstarter to make, like, a demo for an MMO. Like, a massively... Online multiplayer RPG. Pathfinder Online. Right. Then they actually kickstart that to get over a million dollars. It's not quite enough. They pull funds and a bunch of other things around. Basically, it's it's in a very slow stage of development, and they're charging people uh, subscription fees to be alpha and beta testers. So real quick, can I interject? Uh, I backed that first one. Um, and at a convention, I think I was talking to Ryan Dancy about it. I was like, I was just got out of game to, uh, like my undergrad, and I was like, you know, I know the budget, the cost for how much a, an MMO takes to, you know, run, and like how much it does. So I literally wrote papers on it, and I was like, I don't think a million dollars is going to cover it. And he's like, No, no, it, it, it's good. We're we're good. And I'm like, Okay, cool. And it, it, and I was just like, when, when it didn't come out, I felt like kind of Schadenfreude, and I was like, Ah, okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of, it's, like, as it's kind of out, they released updates. I think the most recent one was even in April, right? Mm-hmm. So they are working on it, but it's, like, a super small team. They fired most of the people working on it. I think it's, like, it. four or five people only. Exactly. Yeah. It's not uh, a lot for an MMO well, team. Yeah, normally you're, like, 20, well, 30, there's skeletons. Uh, Starfinder comes out um, partially to, I believe, get some money to, to push the MMO. They, they run a Kickstarter for Starfinder Miniatures, uh, which Ninja Division is supposed to deliver on, and they never do. They hand the ball off to whiz kids, and I believe there's more money is involved if you want to get your rewards. And uh, then Kingmaker. Wait, the... real quick. I'm gonna. Something that was in the thread that was important is Ninja Division did not deliver on several Kickstarters. Oh yeah, being, they had a track record before that. By the Idaho Attorney General. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which would make them the second people prosecuted, I think, for not following through on Kickstarters. Some guy. In, and, and it has to be a gross violation of that, by the way, for that to really go to court. Like that—that's not a like. Well, this was only kind of what you promised us. No, this was like they delivered nothing. Correct. Um, and then, yeah, the Kingmaker PC game came out, which is great. I love um, it. Nobody has any fucking complaints about it. It's fantastic. I haven't complained. So, I haven't finished it. Yeah, I haven't finished it. Either. I haven't gotten back to it after I started. They've got a rocky, a rocky history with Kickstarters, and this is a little bit weird because, like, 
it's a it's a big production company right like this it makes sense to kickstart like oh we're gonna try to do this video game oh, we're gonna make miniatures you know but like we're gonna make stuff yeah like you we know you can make books that's your whole thing your whole company is predicated around making books so it's odd for them to use it's not as odd as if they were using kickstarter because like i said game on tabletop takes a smaller cut so like they're offloading a some of their costs onto game on tabletop because they're also kind of like packer kit so that's storing books that probably means a lot of them don't get shipped all the way here they probably just get shipped somewhere in europe across mainland china so no no like sea travel and, and less customs problems so like yeah it's still weird that they that they're just losing a cut to game on tabletop to do something they're already predicated for. I, I wonder and when i, when I read this i, I kind of wondered do you think they're having financial issues? I mean, I know Pathfinder 2 is coming out, and that's going to be hopefully a big boon for them, but are we looking at them kind of scrabbling? With the Kingmaker 5e Beast Theory thing, like, because they certainly waited a long time to get on the 5e bandwagon. Yeah. Right? Like, how, how far into the cycle are we now? Like, five years? Four years? Has it been five oh, years? Wow, I hate that. Five years, yeah. So, um, well, I put on my first 5e compatible product recently. I'm very proud of myself, and it sold like a stone swims. Yeah. Oh, really well, you know. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it recovered after a while, but it was like it was a good product. I love the product, but it just like didn't resonate with them. I'm like, yeah, maybe we'll try a five E specific. Hey, Mike, I sent you a five E thing. You did. You sent me pitches. Uh, and anyone else who wants to write for E Insider is welcome to give me their email address, and I will forward them the pitch call. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're having financial troubles because like. They seem to be doing okay. Um, I haven't heard about mass layoffs or anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we would have heard something. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. They might just be preparing for something unfortunate to happen in the future. It's always smart. Shore up your liabilities. Keep the crowdfunding offloads some of the risk, too, of releasing a 5 product and they're not going well, right? I, uh, I wonder how much... Pardon me for speculating here, but I wonder how much... Um, Paizo's involved with it on a 9 to 5. So if you got Legendary Games involved, you got... They're doing the 5e conversion stuff. Yeah, but I wonder how, I wonder if they're, like... I don't think they're probably bringing over their, like, mainline developer, like, guys. They probably are. I don't know when they'd have time to exactly. bring on like, their mainline developer guys. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. I'm not getting called to do that, but I'm also not really a part of Legendary Games. Uh, partner with them for stuff. I'm not like in the core group. I mean, Quinn doesn't have time to do anything, so you can just call him right out. Um, what is it? Who else is it? Neil Litherland and then Jason. You know them better than me. I I, I work with Right and Frog God or not Frog God Frog. Uh, my back album. But yeah. But oh. yeah. So just just put it out there. I'm not pissing on pies over this. I think this is an interesting thing. I'm kind of interested to see where it goes. Um, it could be a really big step if this get, if this is successful. Seeing Paizo launch some five E compatible stuff along some of, with some of their like some of their like best known like adventure path stuff for like first edition that could give it some new vitality and bring it to a new audience and that'd be really cool. It like I'd be I'd be down for Rise of the Rune Lords five uh, E. That'd be cool. I want Paizo to release a better version of fifth edition. <laughs> like that, that would oh, be no. the best thing ever. 
My God. So wait, wait, wait. So remember, remember, remember the, the posters? 3.5 survived, and it crossed out and says 3.5 thrives. Mm-hmm. Fifth edition survived. Fifth edition thrives. <laughs> 5.5 from Kaiser. That that would be such a like that would be such a oh, in the dick. Oh my god! That would be the best move ever, and I want to see it. Happen. I, I think we I think we should go right to Lisa right now and be like, all right, all three of us think this is the best idea. <laughs> Please do it. We'd have better luck appealing appealing to uh, Bjolin's ego, I think. All right, let's do okay, it. Hey man, you know what would go over super well up there in Seattle with all those people if you were to make five point five. <laughs> call Pathfinder like. Ooh, what do they call it? Couldn't be, couldn't Pathfinder be Light. Pathfinder Light. Oh, oh that's Ooh. Them, them fighting words. And they have to spell it with an L-I-T-E. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did, wasn't L-I-T-E invented by, like, food companies or something? Probably. Yeah, because it, it wasn't an actual Probably. word for a while. It just means the same thing. Yeah. It was written by beer company. I remember something about that. But anyway, all right. So Pathfinder Light. Let, let's 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 push them through. I mean, it. so like it would make it would it actually would make good business sense for them to start putting out a lot of five E material because they have all these assets. They know are yeah. good, strong narrative stuff. Um, and what is it? Watsi releases two books a year. Well, this mainline, yeah. Right, and so like they could have a small team over at Paizo, like four people or whatever, just working through Adventure Pass, converting them into like big fat series, or just upload it to developers like you know legendary games. And the, and there's a lot of IP for like Galarian that would be fun to see over there. Like you could, I could easily see some of the prestiges becoming like um, like uh, subtypes and stuff. Backgrounds. Yeah, backgrounds or uh, what is it called? It's not. Is it called? They're called archetypes. The subclasses. Subclasses. You can you can tell how much I developed for Five E these days. Um, Everyone calls them archetypes. But yeah, I always I always call them archetypes, but I know what they're not. But I feel like Hell Knight being converted to like you know Paladin subclass and stuff, and it'd be fun. Let's see. I'm, 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 yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, so, other Pathfindery news and speculation or anything for Starfinder? Starfinder. Um, nothing I can talk about. Oh, the the uh, the Armory came. Armory two came out. Armory which one came out? Um, they had a really they had a really cool. Thing. One of my favorite things I saw in that was uh, manufacturers. You know how, like in Borderlands, if you have like a specific gun type, it like has certain qualities. They now have that in uh, Starfinder. Uh, that's and it's cool. really cool, and it's like, and there's a base price increase. I think it's by, I think it's like a percentage. So it's like twenty percent. It's made by this uh, company, and it has like uh, all, all of them have uh staggered as a critical or something or all of them have deal extra damage to robots or whatever I, like there's stuff like that so it's like kind of the weapon fusion thing but it's like manufacturer wide and the cool thing is it doesn't just apply to weapons you can apply it to like anything so you could have like ooh this armor is like a like a, like you know made by this one company and it and like it applies to weapons armors and items made by you know Scott Corp and it's like these things have like twice the hit point value or something or like I wrote one for a book that's coming out that's going to be uh, resist you the first time per day that it would be broken, with broken condition. Instead, it doesn't and continues um, because it's built with like four hundred redundancies. So, um, but it also deals with like glitches and whatever. I'm writing space dwarves. Um, oh man! I love my space dwarves, sporfs, as we call them. The only official sports. I I approve of that. Well, we got this thread on my Facebook that was talking about um, if you replace like how to name sci-fi versions of races. So like 
a spelf or a sporf. And then we're like, oh, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. A spork! <laughs> and a half spork is just a fork. Oh. Um, well, you know. Or maybe a spoon. We're thinking about some arbitrary, like, biological definition. Um, like, if you're born right-handed, you're a fork. And if you're born left-handed, you're a spoon. And it's totally mm -hmm. a racial slur. But anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't think we have anything else for uh, Starfinder, Pathfinder. Want to do the 5e stuff? Uh, well, Jason Tondra's adventure, first adventure path is going along with Pathfinder. I'm kind of excited about that because I've been playing RPGs with Jason since I was a teenager. He writes some amazing shit. Yeah? Yeah. Well, he's called? the Dr. Comics guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what his adventure path is called. He just mentioned it. On his okay. Facebook. But it is for Pi it is for Pathfinder, right? Is it yeah, his yeah, first party? Full time and stuff now. Mm. Yeah, they hired Pretty him. Cool. Up. So that'll be amazing. Look at look out, Doctor Comics always does awesome stuff. All right. Um, five, five news, five B news and speculation. So, uh, tell me about Bethesda, Scott. Bethesda made a big oopsie. Actually, made two big oopsies. It was Fallout seventy six and then this. Um, <laughs> uh, Hot take right there, right? Um, I don't. You want, the, you, want the, you want the secret is? I don't play any Fallout games. The only one I bought and played glitched out on me five minutes in and four or thirty minutes in and made me restart. And I was like, okay, you lost me. Um, you, you, your life is empty. I, I, I hear that, and I keep going. It's not my genre either. I'm not big post-apocalyptic dude. Um, but anyway, so Bethesda made another big oopsie. They're doing a uh, Elder Scrolls tabletop and their uh, stuff they sent out turned out to be directly plagiarized from a Wizards of the Coast adventure from 2016 like verbatim that's... yep and Bethesda was like here check this out and everyone was like that looks awful familiar and like it's not of like of all people to plagiarize that's not the most subtle yeah and everyone just kind of like shrugging like how did this happen and it's not like this could be a convergent design thing it's like literally line for line with like two words changed oh my and god full sentences taken and like you can read a bunch of paragraphs and it's like okay so you just copy pasted um also can i just say that elsewhere is a dumb name elsewhere yes. yeah i can agree with that um it's, it's not it's cool, cool to just replace like letters with y's it doesn't make them like cooler Makes them edgier though. Ooh. 20% more edgy. That's super edgy. It is edgy as hell. Um, but yeah, so everyone's kind of shrugging at this point, and I think it came out today or yesterday. Yesterday. And they were like, and everyone's just kind of shrugging, like, all right, we'll we'll sort this out. We gotta figure this. I think they pulled the that they pulled that already, and I think someone's gonna get a stern talking to and probably some legal fines and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's, that's a weird story. Like Black Road, and you can buy it for like two dollars and fifty cents yeah. uh, by Paige Lightman and some guy whose name I can't remember. Ben has has the. Is, is it weird that like I read the description of it and I read the paragraphs of similarity? I'm like, I'd run that one. That sounds fun. It is not the most unique. No, uh, it was, but it's like you have a caravan and you're transporting stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting paradigm to set up for players. Angry camels pulling the wagons, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the premise more than it would probably the execution, but hey, I, I like the idea of, like, setting up weird paradigms for players. 
it's odd to me that you would buy like why wouldn't you just sit and write a caravan adventure and like because the amount of time and effort you'd spend to plagiarize this one like you could have just done it you know well i was talking with lucas polisari about something today on that topic actually and it was like i've had to rewrite sections of like the d20 core rules a few times for things um and if you have that book open next to you um a viewer was talking oh, about okay how's yeah the um Subject. And it's like, if you have a book open next to you, that's all you can think about, and that's the only way you can write. But I'm like, even that, like, so I always, oh, I have to write all the sections, then check which ones I missed, and make sure I went through all the implementation. I go through, like, two or three systems that are all OGL and everything. I go, okay, good, just to make sure I didn't forget anything, and then I'm good. But, like, even that is a bit much. My dog is very upset that I locked him out of the room. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. You're a I, monster, Scott. I know, but he would be barking in here if it wasn't. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting, and I'm a... Uh, I believe it's plagiarized. That would oh. be some tight deadline if it wasn't. Yeah, it's, if it was. I think it was maybe a Netherlands person not understanding the nuances of uh, legalese surrounding like intellectual property rights and how... In this case, uh, it, it, so the OGL doesn't apply, but there's so much confusion around the vision of the OGL. They don't have any. That is very true. Yes. Uh, so, um, I mean, might get fired about. I don't think it's definitely somebody's going to get fired, but I think there's a good chance. You know, people have this issue with the OGL where they just assume that it's like Creative Commons. Yeah. It's not. You can only really cite and reference things in other OGL works. Uh, there's an extra paragraph I include in all my stuff at the very front title page. Like, this is what is not OGL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to, at the end, you, you legally have to say yeah. what is private identity, what is not. And, like, we literally have things that in our books that say, like, all this content is not OGL. Like, the, uh, like, for example, we, the, the 5e book that didn't do so well, the, the 5e and Pathfinder book, it was on cultures. And we're like, look, literally the lore for this entire section is just don't touch it. You touch mechanics, there's, like, nothing to it. But, like, you can take that if you want. But, like, you can't – all these terms and all these concepts are um, specifically our ID. And they're, like – or probably it's a PI, so. People seem to misunderstand that as go ahead and use it for whatever. Um, so, what's the next topic? The Dungeons and Dragons live-action cartoon game? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard that. Uh, I, I, I've heard about it, but I haven't heard much about it. If you, I'm suspicious. Did you look at the, the GIF on the article page? Oh, you killed your GIFs. There's definitely a Dungeon Master. Like, there's definitely yeah. a guy dressed up like the Dungeon Master with the robe and the giant head and the white hair and, like... Wait, like, from, like from the show? Yes, like from the show. Click on the, the thingy and you will see what I'm saying. Here, hold on, let me put in the documents. <clears throat> yeah, they, they, I mean, like, it's, I have to read it through Google Translate because I don't speak, uh, or I'm not fluent in Portuguese, rather. So, um, but, like, that's definitely. Oh, yeah, 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 I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah okay. you're the dungeon master, man. Hey, guys, if you haven't heard, we have a, uh, w w didn't we do a commentary over one of those episodes? We did. Yes, <laughs> yes, we did. They got Venger on horseback. Yeah, no, it's... So we, I think we got to do another one for Pirates of Dark Water. That was 
amazing. Yes, that was good. Um, that's cool. I like the D&D cartoon. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they bring it back. I hope I hope they're not like too serious about it though. Oh, I can't. Yeah, watch. no, you can't. You can't be serious about it. It just doesn't. Yeah. From the look at the backside of that dungeon master, that didn't look serious to me. Um, <laughs> you know bad. what? I I can't help but think that Stranger Things going like, hey. D and is cool for these kids. Um, isn't at least a little bit of an influence on that? Like the oh sh oh shoot, we can do this. Cool, you know. Uh, I think Critical Role probably has more influence than anything else because it's like here, go on out, yeah, Stranger Things. I say I, I've literally seen it like cited in like business journals, like so with the advent of you know Critical Role and Stranger it's Things and a Winona Ryder Netflix series, like so like. It's hard to know how much of that you should attribute to D and D. Yeah, right? I know, but people have seen a big bump in it. And I'm happy to see it. Oh, sure. There's definitely been a, a cultural bump. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. But I, I don't know. I Critical Role says this is look, luck money over there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stranger Things doesn't really shake the mic like that. Hey, speaking of micro celebrities and streaming stuff and YouTube and whatever. Oh yes. So, uh, this is tangentially related, because the person's involved with Wizards a little bit. Um, yeah, Pro Jared got a divorce after some weird sex, some adultery stuff happened. Jared. And um, then he, uh, then it came out that he was probably soliciting underage people for nudes and got him from like a 16-year-old with some weird like big pick. And a bunch of nudes and whatever, and, and, he, and it comes out that he was probably using his like micro celebrity status to like pressure her and stuff. And a lot of women came out going, "Yeah, he was really skeevy and would send me like dick pics." And I'm like, "Oh, please, oh, it's the most icky. Please no." Yeah. What do you have there? Oh, you have probably, probably done. Yep, and that that ship's going down in a flaming pile. And he's worked. And hey, did, don't you know he's worked for uh, wizards on stuff? Yeah, dice camera action. I think is the uh, actual play he's affiliated with. Yep. And we were talking about this before the show. I don't watch many like like almost no uh, like actual plays because like I'm a developer. I work. I I like listening to people play and stuff, but. Part of it's just, like, that's what I do most of my time, you know? I, I don't need to be listening to someone playing Pathfinder while I'm writing about Pathfinder. It's, like, too much cake, you know? It's definitely a hobbyist. Uh, yeah. Stuff. Like, I listen to some of them for, like, I, like, I love Harmon Quest, but that's about the only one. Yeah. Harmon Quest is great. Well, they, 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 they cheer, Harmon Quest is, like, whose line is it anyway, and they cherry pick. Oh, yeah. 10% of what you see is... Way more and it's animated and it's fun and it has very little to do with actual like gameplay. Did you ever even say what like edition rules they're using? Well, I mean, they were using fifth, first edition Pathfinder. They they have all the books on the table here. Yeah, I, I remember the Pathfinder one at one point, but I can't. But it's one of those things where it's like the rules don't matter, you know. Going back to your who's lining that thing. M rules everything for them anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's all we got for uh, 5e news and speculation. We got uh, other news stuff? Well, Ghost of Submersion is coming out, and that will open up uh, Greyhawk on DM's Guild, I believe. 
That's cool. Um, and they're announcing the next thing they're doing in like a week when they do their giant publicity stunt in Los Angeles. Well, I'm excited. Um, a weird little side tangent is these computer students uh, at, I think it was at MIT or something, uh, figured out that the that it is likely that the most complex game in the world is Magic the Gathering. I could see it. And it's just all the rules interactions and the way it works is just absurd. And, like, they're trying to program stuff, and they're like, we're not even sure a computer could perfectly solve these games with these games. <laughs> like, they have ways to have a very high chance of a computer beating you in chess, you know? If not, like, an absolute victory. Kirk, I love you, buddy. My corgi right here is very attentive. Where is he? Um, there he is. And he's being very nice, but he's also grumbling uh, every 10 seconds. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so they're, they're, they came up with like, this algorithm to solve you know, games, and they're like, we can't touch Magic the Gathering. That's absurd. They've been doing uh, AI-built magic cards for years now. Yep. But, like, you, you know about, like... You know about hard solves and soft solves for games? No. Okay, so there are there are ways to solve games, which is like a perfect strategy. Like Mancala, you can win, and Tic-Tac-Toe, you can win. Those are called hard solved games. And you can't... You have basic number of variables that are employed. So most games, especially if you're playing against a computer or something, can only be soft solved, which means they can only be solved to a certain degree. Um, like with a certain percent chance of winning, like I think, and there's a threshold, it's like sixty percent or above. And like chess is soft solved, checkers is soft solved. I know chess has been theoretically soft solved, but it doesn't really solve. Magic the Gathering, they're just like throwing up their hands, like nope, 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 no solve. <laughs> abort, abort, do not go there. So. <coughs> Sorry, my dog's being very disruptive right now. Um. So six season of Shadowrun. Tell us yeah. about that, Mike. For Savannah, whoever wants to talk about that. I am not the Shadowrun person. Go for it, Mike. They announced it and claimed that uh, they're going to fix the broken stuff uh, like they always do. Uh, so I think they even referenced uh, initiative phases or initiative issues. So like the wired reflexes uh, issue. Supposedly doing after. Um, I remain skeptical. They've said that many times before, but hopefully, hopefully they're right. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Shadowrun is one of those systems that I really, or I like the setting more than I like the system. Yeah, I haven't even played the system, and I like the setting better. Um, I played the system a few times. I, I had my, I think I told the story about the troll with the addiction to the baby eater sims. Um, and it was it was a really fun setting. Uh, I enjoyed Shadowrun Returns a lot on the, uh, that's the, uh, the, the video game, the tactics game. Um, but you know what? Game, it's not the most intuitive. A lot of counting dice. Yeah, I do like rolling, like, 400 dice, though, and but then having all the glitches did not make me excited. A couple times, it's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, doing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again is no longer fun. I, I will note that a lot of my Shadowrun thing experiences were one-shots or, like, small, like, like three-session games that were, like, okay, cool. 
and it never got old, really. Another one of the issues is the characters can be very squishy in Shadow Run. Yeah, you get you get gib pretty quick. Yeah. Part of my issue was how front loaded it seems to be with planning the heist yes. sort of thing. Um, I mean, I'm also biased because I mean, Mike has seen how I play Hypercore, um, and it's it's best summed up as chaotic whoopsie fuck, and that play <laughs> style would not work in no. Shadowrun at all. So I mean, the whole thing with Shadowrun is like. If you don't plan correctly and you go in and do a stupid, as they say, or like you didn't predict something, like or you couldn't have known something because you didn't make the right roll or something, you can just walk into a wall of death and get TPK'd pretty easily. Ugh, yeah, that, that, doesn't, no. that doesn't fly with me a lot. Uh, the Cortex system with, for fly, Firefly felt a lot more accessible in that regard. I'm not sure if I love the Cortex system, but. Not the I mean, worst one. So, aside from squishy characters, I, the real problem with Shadowrun really only start when you get up to huge dice pools because it slows down play. Because you're like, okay, well, now I got my 18 dice. Now I'm going to roll them. Okay, now i got to count the successes. Now you got to roll your 18 dice to dodge. Okay, now roll your 18 dice. <laughs> Mind you, we got to count the successes each time we're doing this. Okay, that's the first part of my first turn. I have two more turns. <laughs> like, so yeah. So, I will tell you the most dice I've ever seen rolled in a single game. Um, and no surprise, it was Warhammer 40k, the tabletop. Um, yeah, no surprise. In 5th edition, had a thing that initially they sent to their stores, these big battles they would run, these big uh, story battles. And it was called the Lucky 13th Campaign. And it was an apocalypse game campaign. So, that means normally you have a few hundred to a few thousand points. Like, a thousand points is a pretty big game. Two thousand is really fucking big these were all well over 2000 point games people were bringing in like models like this like this big and get like like this like bigger than your head in a um in a, in a 22 millimeter game um and people were bringing that's, out that's trays so and boxes of orcs and stuff and it, it was absurd <laughs> and so people would take out like they literally had to have like six or seven of those dice bricks and they would all be going at the same time and telling you what happens and this is happening and the other thing is happening and it's insane like i literally and then they had re-rolls because you have to roll to penetrate and roll to wound and it was progressively less and less dice and you'd be like oh i only died eight times over thanks for rolling all that but turns would uh, you do each side of the table goes and it would literally take like an hour or two per side and you'd have like four rounds, so it was like literally like an eight-hour day of sitting with stinky men in a hot Arizona, uh, small enclosed space, and it was actually I enjoyed the hell out of it. But still, <laughs> most games I've ever seen <laughs> is just like there's an orc player and a nid player on the same side, and they were like, "All right, we're both in our shooting phases," and I'm like, "How many dice blocks you got?" And they're like, "I don't have enough." You can never have enough. Um. But yeah, uh, are we done with uh, other RPGs? Uh, Chaosium acquired or reacquired 7th C. Oh, that's cool. Wasn't uh, John Wick writing that? Yeah, he got recalculated something like $3.5 million to make books for it and stuff. And um, then I think the tabletop, or no, the board game things fell under or did not go well. So we canceled the Kickstarter for one of those. Ooh. So, yeah, no, Chaosium, Chaosium has 
and I'm sure they will do well. Yeah. Uh, other media of interest, I think. Dude, American Gods is kicking ass. No I one's paying attention to it, but it's so good. Where, where is it on? Uh, Showtime. Damn it, I have like everything but that. Yeah. I've read the book, so. I oh, yeah, no, it's too, I mean, it's been a while since I've read the books, but for the most yeah. part, nothing's, like, jumped out at me as Um, There's a book called Black Crow, White Snow. Um, I saw you talking about that on Facebook. Oh I am God. intrigued. It's, like, the, the best sell for it. It's a short book. It's only, like, three hours on audio. It's on Audible. It's, like, one of their premier original books or whatever. It's only, like, three hours. Very well voice acted. And it's... The best pitch I can give you is matriarchal uh, pirates slash like seafarers in a light fantasy setting with inverted gender norms exploring the arctic a la like Ernest Shackleton yes good and it is awesome um, the names are really hard to keep in your head because they're very exotic sounding I think a lot of them are like African and it's definitely not PG-13 like, it starts off with some, uh, we'll call it rubbing, shall we say? Uh, <laughs> as, as, as they describe it. Uh, I could hear you rubbing across the That's ship. such an evocative Isn't it? Uh, phrase. This old lady at one point goes, I couldn't sleep because I could hear you two rubbing across the, uh, across the ship. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't need, I'm not sure if I need to know this in the first five minutes. Uh. Um, but no, it's, it's, it, it actually do- it handles that part of it well. Um... A lot of people of color, are people of color representation too, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's a very interesting setting with a, it builds a very interesting world. There's a lot of there's like a lot of moral parallels and poems in it, and it's kind of really cool. Um, I won't spoil anything on it other than it's Ernest Shackleton esque Arctic exploration, which is not like a thing you see a lot. Um, and I don't think there's a, any sequels. The guy's done a lot of single one offs. It looks like so maybe he'll do more. I'll buy that book. Um, and now we can talk about subverse. I already talked about rubbing, so let's talk about subverse. Oh God, the best. Okay, so if you guys don't know, subverse is oh, this is on. This is actually this is not a current Kickstarter. That's why I'm gonna talk about it here. Um, it is a finished Kickstarter. Uh, they got 1.6 million dollars for their uh, game. It's basically a Mass Effect ripoff. It's a parody almost, um, where you can bang all your teammates. And it it, it so how is different from fucking Mass Effect because it is very yeah. graphic and it is uh, extensive. That's like shooter shooter aspects to it, like where you're in space. Uh, they they don't have shooter. They have uh, like uh, turn based tactics, which I was actually was like, oh, oh I like that more. Um, yeah. I know. And, hey, my favorite game yeah. is called Final Fantasy A two. I mean, to be fair, I don't like shooters either. So yeah. yeah. Um, but they have a really twisted sense of humor. Um, I laugh my ass off throughout the entire trailer. It's still up. Um, again, they hit their budget, uh, and I'm really excited. These guys started off doing, like, porn videos on Patreon, like 3D porn videos or something, and they basically hired okay. a bunch of developers to go ahead and be like, let's make a game and shove all of our videos in there. And they're like, okay, sounds good. And I'm like, you know, I'm not showing this to my mother, but I will laugh my ass off, I'm sure, while I play this on Steam or something in, like, a year or whatever. <laughs> okay, there we go. Nice, there it is. So, uh, yeah, so we were debating before the show we wanted to talk about it, and you know what? It's one of the biggest Kickstarters of all time now, so 
Speaking of biggest Kickstarters of all time. Yeah, what about that? Well, We're talking about the current Kickstarters, and, right? Uh, landed at $11.385 million. It's so much there. money. Can't believe it. Well, so I'm much. Making my entire life. How do they, um, how much are they, uh, do you know who they're hiring to do it? I am the faintest, I'm the faintest. Idea. Not like studio, for some reason, I feel like they're a studio Federer thing or something. I mean, most of them are voice actors, so I'm sure they have extensive connections with that sort of thing. Yeah, and I was like, there has to be a studio that they just were like, guys, we'll give you all of our stuff and put this Kickstarter out there. Just go nuts and, like, animate for us or something. How many episodes they got here? Jeez. Twenty-two, forty, power... Before, so there's gonna be a couple of hours of animation. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I like those passion project ones that come out like that, like um, that French anime thing, Last Man, was just amazing. That was one of those passion projects. When you laugh at Last Man, it's the best damn series. No, it's not why the Last Man. It's just the Last Man, or just Last Man. Oh. Anyway, um, let's see, Mike. What else we got here? Uh, you guys got stuff. I don't have anything here. Rogue Genius Games is doing probably their last Pathfinder first edition uh, Kickstarter. It's called uh, Monster Menagerie Gruesome Foes. Mm -hmm. Nice. It's a book of templates, and they are uh, $93 from funding. So they will be there. Uh, they got 21 days to go. Uh, almost 100 backers. Wow. Oh, well, that does, now that I'm looking at the pictures, that does look rather gruesome. Without oh. looking at it, is it Jacob Blackman's art? No. I feel I feel like that's a Jacob Blackman book, and if they don't have him on it, definitely got art there. But the cover, I don't think is him. The okay. cover is like a. Well, let me see. I know. Uh, the cover isn't, but the the skinless guy that I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, like, that, that looks a lot like Jacob Black. I just looked at it finally on my phone because that's where I keep my uh, notes for the show. Um, yeah, I was like, that sounds like a Jacob Blackman thing, and I would be very excited to see where he goes with that because I love Jacob. There's the. Uh, Cover is really nice. Yeah, that's definitely not him, but I... Yeah. It's the first time I've seen 3D art that did not make me want to tear my eyes out. What, Mike? You don't like Poser 3D like every stock art site offers? <sighs> and makes me want to gag and vomit? I I once did... I once made the mistake of paying someone to do 3D art for me. I first started out. And I was like, this is terrible. I was making you, you poor dear. It was like my third book or something. And I was like, okay, I don't ever need to see this again. Thanks. <laughs> I have made a mistake. She was a friend of mine. I said, okay, well, what program did you use? Pose your 3D. Okay, I'm going to put that on my shit list and never look back. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Big surprise there, though, you know? Oh, I should mention Touch More Class. Uh, uh, Ian World and the Insider is doing a, a Touch More class Kickstarter soon. We're proofing the book now. It's nine new classes for 5th edition. And in addition to that, uh, all of the ones from A Touch of Class got revised, which includes the Cardcaster, which now has this nifty-ass tarot deck. Hey, Mike, should people submit to you oodles of class for your Ian Insider thing? No, but if you have <laughs> articles uh, or pitches to be considered for commissions at Ian Insider, now's the time. 
uh, give me your email address at mike.myler.adventures.gmail.com. I'll send you the pitch call. You can see what it is I want to see from you, and maybe I will hire you to do something. But, Mike, everybody and their mother has, like, 40 classes still. Yeah, we got 16. We're good. We're good. <laughs> I'd say we have a whole line of books dedicated to those. Um, all Path. We did All Path Skill recently. That sold, like, a friggin'... I don't know. It, it sold well. I was going to be profane there. Um, that was a good book. Everyone liked that one, though, too. Skill classes, because, you know, skills don't get enough love. Um... All right, Savannah, you got something here, it looks like. Yeah, uh, so uh, James Thomas is doing uh, an Indiegogo with Frog God Games for uh, the adventure Mystery at Raven Rock. Uh, and I'll admit what caught my interest is that uh, he hinted that there might be a vertical crawl up from a cheese cave through a sewer pipe of filth into a <laughs> castle dungeon with disgusting filth fairies harassing you along the way. Filth fairies. And I, anything involving a cheese cave, I feel, is worth a listen to. Yeah, and you said filth fairies, and that's now the new name of my, you know, like, postmodern, you know, punk band. Ooh, I like it. I'm, I'm going to add that to my, my collection of future band names. At one point, I started a Reddit for, uh, for things that sound like band names. Yes, I remember that. I need and to find no that again. Ever posted in it. Oh no! It. Well, I need and to I do that because I I, I have. I, I just don't moderate it anymore. I might close it. Oh, fair. Sad day. Yeah. But yeah, no, like idle gut snakes. <laughs> idle gut snakes. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, and their single blood moonlight and soul. Uh, there, there was one. It was uh the corpse synod, and I was like. Oh, that's too cool, because <laughs> because it was actually when they put the pork like that uh, the former pope's corpse on trial. Oh yes, yes, yes. Synod, and I'm like, that is too cool of a name not to use for something. <laughs> we're corpse yes, synod. We're here to make you feel things. Uh, uh, let's see. I also have uh, written down chicks with doves. I thought you were going somewhere else when you started that with a D. No. Um, grave robbing for boyfriends is the other one I have written down. And then you start with all the necrophilia jokes. Oh yeah, all of them. Like everyone, like uh, everyone's dying to crack open a cold one. Hey. Yes. All right, filth fairies. You have an actual document. I love this. Oh yeah, no, I I paid extra money to have a galaxy note. So I, I keep a little, like, note file. I have, uh, I have my workspace docs, which I sometimes let people look at, even. Um, I've publicly a few times. But they're literally just my, my mental vomit. But I will say that, like, that is the most useful tool I have as a designer, is I send myself notes. I've spent this before, I know. But just a reminder, I send myself notes on my Facebook, just constantly typing away, wait from the middle of the night, wait from the morning, write something down. <laughs> And then I put them into uh, like a bulleted list in a Google Doc, and I kind of make them a little bit more coherent, but not much. And I add like tags, so if it's like, okay, this is a race idea, or this is a adventure idea, this is a character name, this is a character concept, I'll put that in there, and then I can do Control F and like, okay, for example, we read my culture book, and we're like, okay, we need stuff for cultures. I typed in. Culture, I got this. And I pulled up four pages of notes. I kid you not. And we're like, we have a product nice. here. Good. And we're like, good. So we put it out. You know. 
Um, especially when you're when you're like seventy five percent done with like the content for a book, and you're like, shit, we need like this isn't at our page count yet. We need to hit that like sweet spot. So, yeah, it was interesting. So yes, all designers keep those everywhere. Do it. You also end up sometimes with things like when they're not coherent and they just stay there. Yeah. Uh, I have something written down apparently that is, what if uh, there were bird ghosts and they were flying everywhere and we couldn't see them? <laughs> and it's like, okay, but what? What? So what? So my editor and I every week I have we always go over the, the notes I added to the doc that week. And he gets a lot, and he's very he's he's like the straight he's like the straight man in my life. Um, that came out wrong. I meant like <laughs> he, 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 he's a straight man to my com- comedic foil. He's my comedic foil. Uh, my editor Ian, and I'll tell him shit, and he's like, okay, that's good. And like it'll be shit about like you know like the birthday wars concept, which was like we're, after we die, whatever our birthday was, we are we are slotted into that army and must fight each other in the afterlife. And he's just like, okay, cool. <laughs> and he'll take everything with a great like like all right that's weird next i'm like all right good 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 um, <laughs> that's a great oh, idea why would it be oh yeah yeah no it, it was weird i had a, I had a dream about it so it beca- a lot of my sh- stuff became were dreams originally um all right I mean, we're coming up on 9 p.m i mean that was a that was a pretty we don't need that extra 10 minutes anything you guys want to mention at the end here oh uh, I apologize belatedly for my bird's random screaming. She's she's staging a protest because I put her in her cage. Mm-hmm. And what is this bird's name? Remy. Remy, I couldn't remember. I remember I remember Pelly, and I'm very sad you don't have Pelly. But Remy is, yes. a, is a nice one too. Um, yes, uh, she is not a very good co-host bird in that she is very high energy and loves to destroy things. Ah, so not at all a good co-host thing. Look, my uh, no, no. Currently She's sitting right outside my door, I know, staring at the door, and I can feel his eyes through the door right now. Um, <laughs> he just, he's, he's judging you. Well, I haven't walked him in a few hours, and he want. And he, if I'm talking to everyone else on the mic, he's very jealous and wants to get attention. And I have to yeah, that to sounds. Pay attention to him, and I only realized this recently. I was just like, I thought he was just being a butthead to people, like. <laughs> I thought it was like. When I was working, he doesn't bother me when I'm working, but he does bother me when I'm talking on the mic. So he thinks that I'm ignoring him and having fun with other people and uh, stuff like that. I got the coolest hoodie in the world. The what? Also, I just moderately spammed the group chat with pictures of my bird because that's who I am as a person. Okay. Mike, what, what is this one? What is this in your show? The Chaos Space Marine hoodie. Oh, yeah, I saw that. It's pretty cool. Oh, so uh, I've been running a very large uh, 40k kind of almost freeform roleplay for a few months now. Oh my God, we have had. I, the, the, I'll have to tell you guys some stories from that in the future because there are. Uh, we actually have to have a rule now. We have to have a rule. In the rules, it says free advice, and there are two things that have literally killed all. The, everyone who's died has died because they decided to charge tanks. Uh, We're talking like guardsmen okay. being like. I can run up to this t- this tank with twin-linked heavy bolters, and I can take it out. You can't. Cadia stands. Cadia stands, or the, what is it, Cadia broke, or the planet broke before the guard did? Cadia broke before the guard did, yeah. Um, but no, they, they literally have, like, 
Some people were like, all right, well, I run up at the tank, and we're all like, god damn it, not again. <laughs> um, we had we had someone uh, negotiate with an or, a, a rogue trader to try try to get into a duel with a like a very new rogue trader, not like a high level badass. Like my daddy gave me this ship and it's really nice. Um, tried to get into a duel with an orc freebooter war boss. It was a very poor choice, and we warned him beforehand. He said, "No, I have an idea," and then admitted halfway through he did not have an idea. And he thought he could oh, no. it. And it's like, that's a thing that can wreck Space Marine captains pretty easily. And he's like, well, okay, well, how do I get out of this? And we're like, we don't fucking know. You got into this. Uh, he got out of it by being <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right. The ship's yours, and we'll give you more money. Oh, more money? Cool. Yeah, more shinies, more teeth. And they're like, oh, okay, good. Uh, we also have to say, be nice to guards, because... When people go up to like inter like talk to a faction leader, like the general or something, there's they have like these scions who stand like the the stormtroopers stand outside and they're like, hey, who are you and what do you want? And people are always like, fuck you, guard! I do what I want! And everyone's like, look, we really just need to know who you are so we can buzz you in. I don't need to tell you. And, we're all like, <laughs> and the guards are just like, come on, we we just want to like do our job. I will murder you. You'll what now? I will straight up murder you. Inquisitor, come here. And the Inquisitor's like, yes. And they're like, go ahead and let, tell them to let us through. Let us through or we'll kill you. Uh, we just, we literally are indoctrinated to not be able to resist this order. I, and then they get murdered. And then, like, the general won't see them. And the player got very upset. Oh, no. And well. they, and so we literally have in the rules, don't charge tanks. Don't piss off the guards. One guy tried pulling up an entire regiment to go fuck with the guards in the governor's yeah. palace. And we're like, that is ultra heresy, please and thank you. Literally the guards in the governor's palace are part of the gene stealing plan. No, but we had we had a great plot we ran with um, a cook who didn't realize a nid egg with, or a gene stealer like egg thing was a gene stealer egg and was trying to serve it to people. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and the players uh. are investigating where it came from for like, for like I don't know, like a like a week in real life, and they finally realized there was no greater plot. It was just the chef is a fucking idiot, and they were way over like analyzing shit. And we're just like, it's the fucking cook, and they're like, it's not the fucking cook, and they're really like, we're like, it's the fucking cook. The, my one of my staff members, and they're like, what cook? And we're like. And we had the we had the hooker who hit on a space marine, and they didn't think this was odd. And this hooker left, and it was the assass it was the shape shifting assassin they were after. Who knew? Who knew? And uh, in the meantime, one of the marines grabbed an old woman and shook her vigorously to try to get oh, information about the assassin that she clearly didn't know. This random person in the street is like, "You tell us about the assassin and the assassin." And well, there's like, "Oh God, what did I do?" And they're just like, oh no, oh no. And my character is the chaplain. And he's like, he actually sat down with him in character and was like, we need to have the talk. <laughs> it was beautiful. My guy is so nice for Marine, but very respectful. He'll still push, pump your face full of, you know. All right. Taste, but anyway, yeah, story time is over. Um... So I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the insanity that was Professional Goblins tonight. Uh, we'll be back sometime soon, I hope. Um, Can't possibly be another hiatus that long. 
No, I'm, I'm always up for it. Mike, if we want to do it without a guest every now and then, I'm okay with that. Um, but I'd prefer, prefer that we had one. Uh, thanks for coming back on, Savannah. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I was actually done with work at 11 o'clock, so I had wow. time to spare. Yeah. Well, I started at 5, so. Uh -huh. All right, guys. Well, have a nice night.